Chapter 2. Should I buy an investment property or should I house hack? In the first draft of this book, Chapter 2 was the case study for my house hack. However, upon review it became apparent to me that while timing and flow could indeed support placing the house hack case study in Chapter 2, I'd be forgetting a lot of the perspective relative to my thought process leading up to why I ultimately did what I did. The presumption I make with this book is that you will follow my advice and footsteps, which means that you will inevitably find yourself in the same position that I was in before I placed my bet. I was studying, internalizing and rationalizing the market to figure out what I should do, where I should go, when I should do it, and how I should do it. And relative to all of this, what's most important to me is that you're able to see the big picture in everything I write. I'm not interested in whetting your appetite with platitudes, hoorays, and cheap theatrics. I'm not interested in selling you on how easy stuff is or how quickly it can be done. There are gurus for that, of which I'm not one. While I certainly do want to entertain you, it's more important to me that you actually learn something on every page that you read. What I want, and what gives me the most pleasure, is teaching. The best way I know how to do it is by retracing my own steps out loud for you. I want to share my thinking with you and how it eventually materialized into my actions. With this in mind, we need to discuss one more point before we dive in headfirst into the case study. When we first moved to Arizona in August of 2016, and I started looking around and evaluating my options, the very first question I asked myself was, should I buy an investment property first and use the cash flow to bridge the debt service on a primary residence? Or should I house hack and essentially combine my primary residence and an investment into one transaction? I don't think this was an unreasonable question. I'm a real estate investor and these are the terms in which I think. Real estate cash flow, in one way or another, is simply there to subsidize my lifestyle. How this happens is besides the point. I'll take what the market gives me, but the point is I am open to being in sync with the marketplace and you should be too. Both of these approaches buying a dedicated investment property to pay for the primary and or house hacking could work to accomplish under the right set of circumstances the stated objective of underwriting my living expenses. So my choice was valid and reasonable. The question was logical and since at some point you might find yourself at the same crossroads it might be helpful for you to know that in the end I settled on a house hack as a much more elegant solution for my family. Let us discuss some of my considerations and some of the thinking I went through. Conforming Residential Loans In America, there are mortgage loan products which are designed for owner-occupants and those that are strictly for dedicated investment properties. I don't want to turn this into a lesson on secondary market, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, but in terms of down payment requirements, interest rates, origination fees, other points, uh, potentially amortization as well, 
owner-occupied loans win out considerably every time. Now, before you email me to inform me that Fannie Mae allows up to 10 mortgages of the owner-occupied variety, but for investment properties, understand that the terms on those mortgages, as well as the qualifying guidelines, are quite a bit more stringent than on a loan for a house that you're actually going to move into. In the end, it is always advantageous to buy as a homeowner who intends to occupy the property. This will unequivocally land you the best possible terms on a loan. Once you've played this card, it's then a good idea to utilize Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac notes for as many investment properties as they will allow you. And only once you've maxed those lines do you want to move into the commercial space.